This is the Real Leadership Podcast, a conversation about getting authentic, being yourself, and not being afraid of who you are, with Mark LeBusk and Kate Bora. Welcome to the Real Leadership Podcast series. I'm Kate Bora, founder and CEO of Young Professional Women Australia, joined by the wonderful Mark LeBusk, our human manager. Welcome, Mark. Thanks, Kate. Thanks for having me, and uh, welcome to our listeners. Today we're talking about career conversations and this is an absolute one that's definitely dear to my heart. I think it's something that we don't do well in organisations as individuals. We don't do a lot of career planning to get clear about what we want. So I think there's so much in this, Mark, that means that as individuals we're not getting what we want. And I suspect as organisations we're actually not helping our people achieve their career goals. Yeah, absolutely. Look, I think um, it's a great topic to come on the back of some of the things we've just talked about in that performance review topic just recently. One thing I'm going to say, Kate, here is you are an absolute expert and genius at this stuff. I have done some work with you guys in the Young Professional Women of Australia and the way that you have been able to help some young females to find where they wanted to go in their career by coaching them the way you do. It's been amazing. So I'm sort of feeling like I'm going to take a bit of a back step into today, but I think you're going to get some great things here, listeners, from just hearing about the ways we can do this. Yeah, absolutely. So I think there's an important piece around the mindset that comes with career conversations, and that is to really own it. We talk a lot about driving your career um, and stepping into the driver's seat. And I think there's a changing of the winds at the moment, Mark, where historically organisations to at a certain degree took responsibility for people's careers, took responsibility for their professional development. And I think the future of work means that careers will no longer be sort of linear, that the introduction of things called portfolio careers where, you know, I'll do a little bit of this and I might go over here. And and the analogy we've seen is really zigzagging my way up rather than having perhaps the traditional ladder approach is emerging. And I think with that comes an absolute requirement to own our own career decisions and also our learning and you know, more than ever I sat on a panel discussion recently with a tech guy who kind of suggested that we all need to go and do a three-year tech coding degree because the future of work is going to mean that we're actually going to need those sorts of skills you know my view on education at particularly later on in life I suggested wasn't there a quick little ebook podcast series or perhaps an online MOOC that we could all hook into rather than a three-year degree. But I think the essence of his message is that the need to reskill, upskill and continuously learn is going to be ever more present and the opportunity and the value that is there to be received by doing that is with the individual. It's not so much going to be for the organisation and therefore in it's, it's inherent that this career path possibility ahead is our own journey, it's not our organisation's. Yeah, absolutely. Look, the words that come to mind for me here are the words pigeonholing. And, you know, we can be critical of organisations to say that, hey, you know, if Kate's amazing at selling, we're just going to keep Kate in selling because she does amazing things. I think what's starting to happen with what you're talking about, maybe the new ways of the world being in work is we've got to start to change our own individual story. So you, the listener, start to change your story about who you are and how you even pigeonhole yourself because I got some great examples of five or six years ago where four or five people left my team who were in selling and in bids and tenders but they were really passionate about project management about product development and once they 
grab their own career and they articulated the why they wanted to do that. They worked out what skills they needed to build to get there. And then the other thing they did is they built networks to help them. They actually finally landed in a career that they loved. And I think that's what everyone wants. It's a bit like me and you, what we do today. We made decisions about our careers and we sort of worked out what we love to do. We worked out what we needed in skills to get there. And then we went out and found people as we've met each other who can help us to do that. So I think you've got to own your own career. Yeah, absolutely. Take responsibility for it. And I think there's a belief piece in that, Mark. You know, a lot of people look at us and call us lucky. And I just say, no, I've made good choices and I've had courage and I've taken risks. And I think there, there is a distinction there. And I think we're going to see people need to do more of that. Mm. I think the belief that I can love what I do professionally is one that for me is really be, really dear to my purpose and vision, particularly professionally around how do we get more people doing what they love in a great place where it can matter with awesome people. You know, it's kind of like the Holy Grail. And I think there is a view that it's not possible. And I'd like to think that absolutely is possible. And, and it is. And, and just quickly on that is, let me also say, though, that it is bloody hard work. You know, even if you love it, it is hard work to finally get yourself there and, and to maintain it and even to grow it because the world doesn't stop anymore. Yeah. And your great idea today may may not be the great idea tomorrow. Absolutely. Hence, continuous learning, reskilling, upskilling. Absolutely. That wonderful kind of infinity um, symbol that's going to take us to it for the rest of our life in terms of that space and our development. So let's talk about prep for the career conversations because I think this is really this really vital in terms of for you as an individual, getting clear about what your outcome is, what are you seeking? If, you know, often these conversations are done as part of performance reviews, I'm going to suggest it could be useful to separate them. And that doesn't mean it has to be an hour long, it could just be 30 minutes, but I think get really clear about your outcome. Are you seeking to understand what opportunities are available for you personally? Are you seeking to understand what opportunities are available in your organisation, outside your organisation? Now, let's get really clear about are you seeking feedback? Are you seeking progression? Are you seeking timeframes to understand, you know, when might something like that be possible? Because I think there is an inherent challenge in organisations and as leaders, we can be the people that I guess perpetrate this is there may not be opportunities and I'm thinking about someone actually a client at the moment there may not be opportunities in the organization and rather than be transparent around that I'm going to kind of just dance around it because I don't want to tell you that because I'm worried that you're going to leave and if you leave that's really going to impact me and, and the team and I don't want that to happen and I think that never works out for anyone and I've seen the other side where the individual has been held to those sorts of conversations a number of cycles around and they end up really pissed off. Yeah, look, one of the worst things you can do if you're managing people is provide them with these shallow and hollow promises about, hey, just hang in there, you know what, I really see you as the next me and things like that. And, you know, people hang around and they do what they do and they sort of, in that point in time, they get this sense of, safety and security and they go well I don't really need to do much more at the moment I'll just keep doing what I'm doing that's the worst thing you can do to any of your employees I think the onus is for you as a manager to have conversations with them about owning their own career and then maybe giving them a model or some steps to take to go and do that work I firmly believe that career conversations should happen about twice a year but they should be separate from what you mentioned before the performance review but 
these conversations aren't like airy-fairy, idle, hey, what do you want to do? You're sitting down and you're going, hey, I can see your plan. I can see the pathway. Here's opportunities in our organisation. Here's opportunities in within, with our team or outside our team that will allow you to get to where you want. And the other thing is, as a manager, don't be that manager who tries to hang on to people because they're just damn good at what they do. If they want to spread their wings and fly somewhere else, let them go and do that. It's not about you, it's about them. Yeah, and I think there's a really important piece in there, and I say this to clients all the time, give your managers permission to tell you the truth. Yes. You know, And I almost explicitly say, say to them, if you do not see an opportunity for me in this organisation, or you do not think I am leadership material in this organisation, I want you to tell me. Yep. And you almost put their back against a wall by doing that because now you've actually explicitly told them and asked them to tell you that. And there, I don't know, there is something stronger psychologically around them dancing around that. You yep. know, it's a kind of a yes or no conversation. So I think there's an opportunity to really give them permission to be incredibly transparent and honest with the truth when it comes to progression opportunities. I think the other thing, Mark, is really get clear about what you want. I see people walk into these conversations confused, unsure, I want progression but I don't know what. It's a bit lazy. I think you've really got to do the work and it does take work. It takes research. You might want to go and get a coach to help you figure it out. You know, what is it? That excites you that you love that you want to be doing for the next three to five years and what are the opportunities in your kind of sphere that actually could lead you towards that really fulfilling workplace experience because if you can sit down with your leader and share some of that then their job is to figure out how to help you achieve that rather than their job being to figure out what you want mm. and they're not career coaches they don't know how to do that there are the few a wonderful few that love this stuff and have really trained up in it and so may be able to do that but that's not their job and so I think that's when the confusion happens is you don't know what you want I don't know how to help you get what you want or figure out what you want so I don't know what to do to help you and so then 12 months pass and nothing's happened so I think the clearer you are about the sort of skills capabilities and experience you'd like to get exposure to the sorts of roles that potentially you'd like to be considered for in terms of promotions or secondments the more likely it is that as a leader who's sitting on the other side of that conversation I can go great now I know I can go and talk to this person to get you this experience. I can start speaking to that person to see what sort of opportunities are opening up. I can introduce you to this person so that you can start to build a relationship with them. You can really help them take action to help you. But I really think it starts with clarity. Absolutely. And look, I think I spoke in our last podcast about this concept of pigeonholing. And again, I talk about it in my book, Step 6, which is Unlock Potential. Unlock your own potential here. If your boss is giving you permission to have a really good career conversation, I think there's three things you need to work on. The first one is is your passion. So it's this whole idea of why do I want to manage people or why do I want to go and do this or whatever it is. Ask yourself that question four or five times. Don't just work on the surface with it. Get underneath that. Look, I know myself, my why, my fifth why is to make every human belong. Now, that's taken me years to work that out. But now when I step into a room, that's what I work on. Am I making people feel like they belong today? Four very simple words is what came out of my why and my passion for what I do. The second one is capability. Have I got the skills today, both technically and more so the human skills, the behavioural skills, to be able to do that work? And if I don't, what do I need to get better at? Am I prepared to invest extra time, whether it's studying, doing online courses, listening to a podcast like this, whatever it might be, 
And then the third one, and I think the most underrated one of the lot, is what I call opportunity, which is build your network tree. We've talked about networks before on podcasts. This whole idea that, like one of my people in my team years ago, who was an amazing bids and tenders manager, but was a passionate project manager. What she ended up doing was she was talked about the people she should go and start to meet and build a network tree with, not to ask for a job, but to just ask them to tell their story and get to understand more about how they got to where they got to. So unless you're really clear on your passion, unless you're clear on what skills you've got and what skills you need, and unless you start to get out there and network, you're not going to really be putting the effort into building your and owning your career that you should be. Yeah, absolutely. And it interestingly, it kind of, it's the three key areas we work with clients on, which is what's your career plan, your development plan, and your personal brand plan, mm. and how are you going about positioning yourself within your organization? I think that's the critical piece. We start here with career, which is really what is it that I want? What capabilities and skills do I need to get there? And who do I need to know? Who needs to know about me to actually help me get there? And that's at a really simple level when we talk about career planning, that's as, that's as simple as it gets. And I think yep. it's simple yet difficult for people to implement. So let's talk about the career conversation. Important for the individual to drive it rather than letting their manager drive it, absolutely. What else do you see as crucial when we're sitting down and actually having the conversation? Well, we talked already about preparation. The other thing is that I think you've got to have a level of conviction in what you're talking about. Don't be airy-fairy and waffly. I think you mentioned before about being really clear. So clarity is important. You want to come out of that conversation with your manager going, this person has done the work, they're really clear about where they want to be, and the other thing is I'm going to sponsor them now, I'm going to support them to get there. And there's the old-fashioned thing, there's just nothing like damn hard work. So I'm not saying you do this once every two months or three months, you're thinking about this all the time. What did I do today that I really loved? that I thrived in and why was that? What skills do I need to develop to get better at that? Who do I need to be talking to? All of those things should turn up in your meeting with your manager so that they're sitting there going, oh my goodness, they really do know what they want to do. When I say when they grow up. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So I think get clear about your outcome, super clear. What do you want to walk out the door having or knowing or seeing, or whatever it is, what do you need to walk out the door knowing, feeling, believing? Can I share a quick story on that? As a young salesperson, way, way back in the late 80s, and I'm talking 23 years old, I'd done all right in sales for two years, and I made a pretty courageous decision, and I rang the general manager of the business who was in Sydney, and I said to him, Bill, next time you're in Adelaide, I'd love to have 10 minutes with you to talk about my career. And I put the phone down and I went, oh my God, what am I going to do now? But I'd got clear in my mind, my passion was to manage people and I would love a branch somewhere. So when Bill came to Adelaide, I sat down with Bill and I was I almost couldn't get the words out. But I said, you know, Bill, I'd love to be thought about to manage a branch when the next one comes up. Six months later, Bill rings me and says, Mark Cairns, North Queensland has come up. We'd love for you to go up and manage it. I'd had a look at, my results were pretty good. I was building a good brand in the business, but I had the courage to pick the phone up and then sit in front of Bill and go, this is what I want to do. To ask. Mm, just ask. Absolutely. A perfect note. Yep. Now, ask for what you want. If you don't ask, you don't get. And I think there's a piece around, again, coaching a client this morning, 
I'm like, have you asked for what you want? She wants a promotion and a title change. Have you asked? And she just looked at me and went, you've got to ask. <laughs> so I think, you know, it, it's a really powerful one to end on. Now, you've got to drive You've got to ask for what you want. Get specific examples. And I think most importantly, leave with a plan. Don't kind of just leave it on this waffly conversation. You know, I think personally, 20 minutes, I think you can have a really good quality mm. conversation in 20 minutes. Absolutely. But make sure you're walking out with a plan, a commitment of what you're going to do, what your leader's going to do, and actually then how you're going to follow that up. So awesome feedback and advice, I think, Mark, when we talk about this career stuff. Crucial, right? You know, when you, you see the research data, we know is critical to people in terms of their own identity. We know it's a big part of how people assess their self-worth and how they, you know, communicate who they are when they're in a social environment. So career is massive. It's important. You are the only one. You're the one who's got the most to benefit from this stuff. So get into the driver's seat, really own it and take responsibility and drive your own career. Yeah, look, I'm just going to say this last thing. We're pretty fired up sitting here having this conversation, and I hope you're fired up as well that you're going to go out now and own your own career and drive it. So, Kate, thank you very much again for the opportunity to talk. Always a pleasure. Thanks, Mark. Cheers. Hey, it's Mark here again. Thanks for listening to this episode of The Real Leadership Podcast. If you liked it, why not rate it five stars? And if you loved it, why not share it with your friends? If you'd like some more information about the both of us, you can check out Kate Borer at www.ypwa.com.au or Mark Labusk at www.marklabusk.com. And while you're there, check out my book, Being Human. Hey, we're really looking forward to bringing you the next episode of the Real Leadership Podcast when we address the issue of performance reviews. But until then, keep your leadership real. Bye for now.